Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priest. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbot. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. How are we doing, folks? I'm drinking a good beer right now. Jeez. <laughs> is that the Squeezy? Squeezy Rider from Deschutes Brewery, Northwest stuff. Deschutes Brewery in uh, Oregon. Oregon. <laughs> That's the old Oregon bend. Good, good place. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, that is where we post links to all of our shows and content throughout the day. Um, we are available, obviously, on anywhere you can listen to podcasts, um, and we appreciate you listening. And we do have a website in the works, folks. Just want to let you know. Website Keep in the works. tuned. So that we can get verified by the twits. The twits execs. Oh, yeah. I forgot we can do that. Yep. Ah, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, we are doing all the matchups today and giving you our starts opinions. Um, and then we're going to do our starts of the week at the end. So stay tuned. Let's start it off here with our first matchup. But first, bye weeks are upon us. Um, this week, not so bad, but next week is the killer. Like a bunch of teams on buys. Um, this week, it's uh, the Jets, the Falcons, the Saints, and the 49ers. Um, kind of a weight off the shoulder. You don't have to stress about starting one of the 49er running backs this week <laughs> i literally thought that when i was looking at the bye weeks i was like oh thank god the 49ers are out this week yeah. <laughs> take a break from that for a week um but yeah some notable players out like alvin kamara kyle pitts obviously ridley debo um so kind of a bummer there but anybody from the jets <laughs> not that really matters uh, <laughs> nope <laughs> No, I mean Corey Davis maybe, uh, but I mean he's a fringe starter as it is anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I just want to point out how shitty they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's get right into the very first matchup. Obviously Thursday night football, Buccaneers at the Eagles. Um, the Bucks right now are seven point favorites. The over under is fifty two and a half points. So expected to be a high-scoring affair. Um, so let's uh, let's start on the Eagles side of the ball. Do we have any faith in the Eagles running backs this week? Either one of you can chime in whenever you feel. Oh, is it our turn to talk? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. Honestly, I feel like we all know how this game is going to play out. Like the Buccaneers are probably going to take a quick lead, and the Eagles are going to play behind the whole time. And I feel like that means you should start um, Miles Sanders and Devontae Smith. And I believe Ertz is slated for more work, right, with Goddard yep. being injured. Yep. So anyone who's capable, like those three guys, definitely I think you should start them because they're going to get a bunch of garbage time stats. And Jalen Hurts is like the king of that right now. Well, for me, I don't like Miles Sanders this week. I think Kenneth Gainwell is almost a better start, at least in PPR formats, than Miles Sanders just because it's been so tough. No one can run the ball against the Buccaneers, and Gainwell seems to be their passing work back. Um, 
I saw a neat little stat earlier. It was for fantasy points per touch, and Kenneth Gainwell is around like 1.3, and Miles Sanders is 0.9. It mm. uh, sounds pretty close, but that's a really big difference in that stat category. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about per touch, you yeah. – you know, over eight or nine touches, that averages out to another like four or five extra points that Gainwell's getting you that Miles Sanders is not. Right. Um, and then I have to actually agree with James here that Gainwell is probably your better play between the two backs this week because of his receiving aspect. They tend to use him more in the passing situations than it is. And even though Tampa has been good against running backs so far this year, they are giving up the fourth most receiving yards to running backs. Uh, over 300 yards, and I believe it's been uh, three scores, which is tied for the league lead for receiving touchdowns. So... Gainwell seems to match up a little better for this. Um, I still wouldn't expect a huge game from him, you yeah. Know, but uh, certainly some garbage time points. And if he gets a, scores a touchdown, then he's certainly worthy of a flex play. Yeah, sneaky uh, flex play there. Um, Devonta Smith, obviously, you're starting. Uh, he's been more than impressive, um, exceeding expectations. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you're starting, um, and I think that basically does it for that side of the ball. Buccaneers side of the ball, um, really, if you have one of the three receivers, you kind of just have to start them and hope that it's your guys' night. Um, you know, uh, obviously, Mike Evans is kind of the red zone, uh, can be a deep threat guy, but more of a red zone target. Godwin's kind of just um, all over, you know, reliable, consistent, and then and then Antonio Brown's kind of the boom or bust option, but I think you have to start all three, right? Yeah, I, I'd say so, maybe. Honestly, out of those three, I put Antonio Brown at the top of that list. It's like who I'd want to start the most. It um, There was like, you know, the whole preseason narrative that was going around with like him and Antonio Brown, you know, being good friends and whatnot. Obviously, he's going to be more involved in the offense. His ADP was way too low, all that kind of stuff. We saw last week what he can do when Tom Brady's giving him the ball a bunch. Um, so I'm just curious if we might see Antonio Brown just uh, just be a lot more common throughout the season. Yeah, um, honestly, does this give you guys any concern? The Eagles are actually the fourth best against receivers in fantasy so far this year, and they've played some really top-end receivers. They've played Calvin Ridley in Atlanta, Debo Samuel in San Francisco, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper in Dallas, Tyreek Hill in Kansas, in Kansas City. Um, like they've played some top end receivers and they're still ranked fourth in giving up points to receivers. So that's a, that's a top end thing. I mean, does that give you any concern at all? It does concern me. Honestly, it kind of solidifies what I'm saying though. I feel like, because I'm of the mindset that I, I just don't like Mike Edwins and Chris Godwin on the Buccaneers. Um, I, I don't like Antonio Brown in a way, but just because like everything's so spread out between them. Right. And the Eagles, like you were pointing out, they are really good at shutting down number one wide receivers and Antonio Brown's working out of the slot most of the time, so it's like it seems like it's it seems like it's his week, if it's any one of those receivers that's going to produce. So that kind of solidifies what I was saying. I'm curious what you think, Jim. Yeah, um, I would. You know, it wouldn't stop me from starting them. I think a little bit of that might be due to game script situations, but um, I wouldn't hesitate to start any three of them. Well, honestly, like, moving on like from the receivers, seems like we kind of decided on that. I really think this is like Leonard Fournette's week. I was debating on making him my start of the week. Like if things are looking up for him for sure. Yeah. His snap percentage is increasing, and he's he's doing good. Leonard Fournette, I mean, seems to be the lead guy there. They've kind of put Ronald Jones to the wayside outside of like goal line situations, right? Um, 
So, and Leonard Fournette's been getting some receiving work as well. The only running back I'd be comfortable starting is Leonard Fournette. Uh, like I said, with game script, right, they're probably going to be ahead. You know, you're going to use running back more. So, I, I think it's Fournette's game this week. Yeah, for sure. I think that out of everybody on Tampa, Fournette's probably your fantasy star for on that offense this week. Unanimous podcast decision. Did the fathers agree? <laughs> the fathers are in. Fournette's the best option. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that pretty much covers the Buccaneers side of the ball. So let's move on to our next matchup here. Uh, Dolphins at the Jaguars. Actually, this is in London. Uh, oh, London. Um, that was my attempt at a accent. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that again. <laughs> Sound like you just drove an hour north and. <laughs> <laughs> It's a Canadian accent. We're, we're from the northwestern United States, so yeah, that's a little Canadian, I would say. <laughs> a little close to the border. Uh, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, both these defenses have not um, ha- have not been great. Um, so there's definitely some playable guys, I think, um, on both sides of the ball. But uh, what about on the Jaguars' side? Um, are you starting any of the receivers? Honestly, I, I was. I'm curious what you guys really think because I'm I'm at a loss at this point in the season with Lavisca Chenault and the Jaguars' offense, and with DJ Shark being out, it just why is he not getting the ball more? It just doesn't. It blows my mind. You you brought it up on our waiver wire episode that he caught that 58 yard pass, his only catch of the game, and you could. Definitely see. I suck at reading lips, and you can tell he's just saying, "Yo, give me the fucking ball. Yeah, give me the fucking only ball." Three, just like three, to his sideline. Yeah, only three targets last week. Uh, I think Jamal Agnew led them in targets with eight for some reason, and um, Tavon Austin also. They had Tavon Austin on oh, yeah. the outside. Tavon, Tavon Austin. Austin. Yeah, Tavon Austin was getting. Or Tavon. Sorry, uh, <laughs> he got five targets, just as many as uh, Marvin Jones. So for me, and I, I don't know, I was probably the highest on Lavisca coming into the season. I'm, and I probably have him on more rosters than you guys, I imagine. Um, I wouldn't start him this week, and that might be an emotional response. But at this point, it's you don't really know what you're going to get. There's no consistency. Um, I mean, if you want to say consistent, it's been more. He's been more, uh, you know, damaging to your team than than helping your team so yeah for me i'm i'm hold fast and 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 bench all the jaguars receivers really the only starters i see are james robinson and um i think you can stream trevor lawrence um you know the interesting thing about lavisca is that you thought he would get more touches with shark going out but they completely changed the way they, they started using when shark went out. they actually put him on the outside more often and it complete. It's not his game. He, like he's not a traditional receiver where he's gonna go run a full route tree like that. Yeah. Uh, they need to just manufacture touches for him. And if they're only gonna line him up out wide, which he did for like ninety percent of his snaps last week, then he's just not gonna be able to produce for you. That you know that that rate it just doesn't work for him. And well, <clears throat> just to cap off the Jaguars, I, I'll say definitely like you said, start Trevor Lawrence, um, but. Um, Dan Arnold, don't forget about Dan Arnold, the tight end. I was talking about on the waiver wire episode. Definitely mostly available. And as far as receiving options for the Jaguars, he um, was 
um, amongst the most targeted, and I think he'll be the most productive. So, and he's also, like I said, he's available, and um, there's a couple of tight ends this week that are not playing. Like, if you got Kyle Pitts, pick up Dan Arnold. That That's perfect replacement. Dan Arnold will probably get you, sounds bad, at least eight points. That's his floor. Like, yeah, he, I mean, you're, that's what you're asking out of, a, you know, the potential to score a touchdown and, and a decent little floor and target share. That's kind of what you want out of a streaming tight end. So, I agree with that. Um on the Miami side, uh, obviously Miles Gaskin had a big game last week. Um, are you? Th- he was probably on your bench because uh, before that he's been pretty terrible. Um, at least you know he's just not getting the ball enough. But last last week against the Buccaneers, they seemed that was really the only thing that was working for them is getting him the ball through the air. Um, are you comfortable starting Miles Gaskin in this game? Um, I am because like last week they they shows usage, uh, some usage usage for him. Jesus, <laughs> um, but he still only had there. he only had five rushing attempts, which is still concerning though. Yeah, um, but it was against the Bucks. That that's also true. So, but you know, ten targets, ten catches, that's huge. Um, I think I'm rolling with him this week. If but if he flops, I'm I'm never starting him probably the rest of the year because like it's just it's gotten it's too consistent of him not producing anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm along the lines of uh, people that benched him last week, and I am just going to continue to bench him until I see consistency. That, ten targets, ten catches, I that's a hard number to reproduce in any position. So I just don't think he'll have that same type of game again, probably for the rest of the year, unless they change his usage up. I mean, but before that, I mean, he was getting um, at least five targets a game every other game, so that's also pretty good usage. Um that way yeah sure 10 for 10 that's you know that's a lot yeah um but Jacoby Brissett you know he's a he is a backup quarterback and yes he's efficient but he's only efficient because he does a ton of drop-off passes which does bode well for Miles Gaskin well Tua might be back this week too so I was gonna ask that I mean he has that rib injury though but he practiced today for the first time right I believe yeah or participated they're trying to get him back this week I don't know if they'll if he will play or not for sure yet no one does, but um, um, at, from Marcel Lewis Jacques of ESPN says he is expected to play this Sunday. Yeah. By the way, today is Wednesday. Uh, the twelfth, thirteenth. I don't know. <laughs> the thirteenth. The thirteenth. There you go. Um, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I don't look at the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> one one player I do like um, on the Dolphins side of the ball is Gasecki. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, Mike Gasecki. Uh, the tight end, I think he's a good um, option at tight end this week. Um, might talk about him a little bit later in our starts of the week. I don't know, maybe. Oh, man, honestly, like I, I, it sounds like you like him a lot. He's definitely worthy of starting, but I think he's like on the, near the bottom of the barrel for starters. With If if Tua comes back, the change at quarterback might really change up how um, what his usage is and how productive he is. Yeah. Um, Dolphins wide receivers, not touching any of them. Devontae Parker's still out. Jalen Waddle. Eh. I mean, it, it's a dice roll. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't confidently start any right. of them. Right. If, if you're in a, in a pinch, which I hope you're not, like with the buys this week, um, and there aren't really that many like large injuries to receivers, I think you're probably okay going another direction. Yeah. I agree. Uh, moving on, the Packers taking on the Bears in Chicago. 
Um, Packers are four and a half point favorites. The over under is set at 44 points right now. Um, Jared Alexander obviously still out on IR. So do we have any faith in the Chicago wide receivers this week? Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson, that is. Um, I mean, Allen Robinson is dealing with an ankle injury, so he's actually questionable for the game, as is Darnell Mooney. They do both expect him to play, but we'll see how that goes. Monitor that. Um, honestly, I think this is probably the last week I'm going to try to give Allen Robinson one more chance. Um, if he bombs again. If he can't do it against a rookie cornerback and Eric Stokes and Kevin King. Right. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> Didn't Eric Stokes look pretty Eric Stokes, decent, though? Eric Stokes has been good. He's been really good. So This draft class for cornerbacks has been pretty solid, man. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, it's nothing against Eric Stokes. He's been good, but, I mean, Kevin King, obviously, can't is beatable. Um, tar- Darnell Mooney is ninth in the league right now in, in target share at 27.8. Um, I like Darnell Mooney this week almost more than Allen Robinson. Well, I'm curious what the target share is over the last couple of weeks. It'd be hard to pull up right now, but with Justin Fields in and not Andy Dalton. Yeah. It seems like Justin Fields likes Darnell more, and we talked about it on a few, a couple shows ago, I think. Darnell just is getting more separation, um, and that's a lot easier for a rookie quarterback to see. Um, you know, if he can physically see that the player is open – he's going to be more likely to throw that that player the ball rather than Allen Robinson, the type of guy you're kind of throwing it up and letting him go make a play. So, yeah, for me, it's – I – gosh, I'd probably – I mean, I last week I was, I was saying sit Allen Robinson, so I'm going to say it again this week until he proves me wrong. I mean, yeah, at this point with Justin Fields being in, I, I, if you can, just just avoid it. Wait for things to smooth out until like they get yeah. things figured out and you see consistency because, I mean, if you're capable of not taking the risk, there's no reason to take the risk. Yep, I agree. Um, let's see here. The running back situation. Um, are we, you know, obviously it was kind of a split last week. That might have been more due to game script, and they kind of wanted to see what they had in Herbert. But are you confident starting Williams or Herbert this week? I'll be honest. I can't give you a real reason why. I, I like Herbert a lot. Like, I like him more than Williams. I don't know why. I just have this feeling that the Bears, like, see this young running back that they have and, you know, with Tariq Cohen being injured so often and Williams just obviously being, like, a fill-in guy for them, like, they might see, like, the future in Herbert with how productive he was last week and if he can, like, continue to do that. I, I like Herbert, man, but we-, we talked about this in the waiver episode. For the immediate future, it'll probably be Williams, but, I mean, who knows? Herbert could go off this week. Yeah. Um, Packers have been pretty good against the run, but... Um... Yeah, Damian Williams, 48% of snaps last week. Herbert, I think, at 53. Um, For me, like, I would probably start Damian Williams and not Herbert this week. I think Herbert's usage was more due to game script last week. Um, So, yeah, I I, I think you can start Damian Williams. That's that's who I would start in the backfield. Uh, I'm also leaning Williams away, too. Um, I'm going to trust the veteran over the rookie. Right now, after you know, this is Herbert's. It was basically his first 
you know, playing time of the year. Um, on top of that, Herbert got didn't get a single target when he was in the game, so Williams is the passing down back for sure in this. Uh, I'm going to just bank on that more than rolling with the rook. Uh, on the Packers' side of the ball, um, Rodgers, I think, is a start this week. Good start. Um you're, the Packers, you're starting. They have three guys. You're starting all of them every week. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're not really. That's not a question. The only guy I think is up for debate is Tunyon. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, you're. That's a, just a streaming option at this point, and you're just hoping for a touchdown. I'm off the Tunyon shit, man. I, I just don't. I don't. I'm off of that train. I don't, whatever that train, plane, ships, automobile, <laughs> the Tunyon, whatever. I'm off of it. Yeah, I think this week I'm certainly off of it. The Bears are actually pretty stingy against tight ends. Uh, they're ranked sixth in the league, only giving up eight points a game. So I wouldn't bank a whole lot on Tunyon this week. Yeah, I would look to go elsewhere. What about Randall Cobb? He's been getting more and more involved. Um, Rogers looking his way in you know big, big down situations like that huge. I think it was like third and sixteen last week that they had to have, and and Rogers hit him on a. Really nice pass, um, but he still only had three targets, two receptions for thirty yards. So, um, yeah, probably not going to start Randall Cobb. No, I mean, sure, Aaron trusts him in like you know big game time decisions. Yeah, yeah, he trusts him. You know, long third downs, red zone, fourth quarter, things like that. That doesn't equal fantasy production. So, right, uh, don't don't get lost in that. Yep, I agree. Uh, Bengals taking on the Lions in Detroit. Uh, Bengals are three and a half point favorites. The over under is forty seven and a half points. Um, on the Detroit side of things, I think Swift is uh, a start for sure. Um, but what about Hawkinson? He's been a little bit disappointing. Um. If he's on your team, you drafted him in, like, the fifth, sixth round. I mean, you're probably starting him, right, unless you have – unless you picked up Dawson Knox off the waiver wire and, you know, have an option like that or maybe a Dalton Schultz. Uh, you could get Dan Arnold off the waivers. <laughs> I'm just going to say his name for the 30th time this week. <laughs> so you would start Dan Arnold over TJ Hawkinson? Uh, I mean, if you have doubts. I mean, I like Dan Arnold. His usage is good. But, I mean, I, at this point, why – You'd have to go Hawkinson just because. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would. I think I'd sit Hawkinson. Cincinnati's actually really good against defenses or against tight ends this year also, uh, for whatever reason, only giving up seven and a half points a game. So they're actually just slightly better than the Bears, which we just mentioned. Um, if I think there's pretty decent streaming options out there. Uh, I think for a lot of people, like Zach Ertz was still on the waiver wire up to this week i think he's a great streaming option over would, e, over hawkinson you would start Ertz over hawkinson this week this week with you know with godare out hawk uh, Ertz should have a pretty good target share um and we're not that far removed where Ertz was considered one of the top three tight ends in the league so i think he can still have a game where he goes off that was before covid such a long time ago <laughs> um receivers amon st brown is kind of emerging. Amon Ra? Uh, Amon Ra, yeah. Yeah, you got to get your Egyptian on, dude. What? <laughs> what did I even say? You just said Amon. Oh. You just missed the Ra. <laughs> I missed the Ra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, St. Brown, uh, are you flexing him? He's kind of emerging right now. Um, obviously, Tyrell Williams is out. 
there's been some injuries. Um, he's kind of – for me, he was a must-add this week in the waiver wires. Um, eight targets last week, seven receptions for 65. And before that, he, the week before that, he had eight targets, six receptions for 70. That seems to be kind of the direction they're going in. Um, I think he's a flex. Yeah, well, speaking of Hawkinson, as he's, like, trending down in his usage, Amon Ra's usage is trending up at the same time. I'm curious if, like, they're moving in a different direction well, in the need, offense. they need someone else to step up in the receiving game because teams are scheming to, to stop Hawkinson. So. Tyrell Williams would have been nice. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Amon Ra is a decent flex play this week. Uh, Amon Ra was my guy, if you guys remember from the beginning of the season, I said I thought we'd lead this this receiving core in, in yardage. Um, Trey and I had a debate over him versus Tyrell Williams. Uh, with Tyrell getting hurt, obviously I won. You <laughs> <laughs> win. Oh, I win by default because yeah. Williams is out. Oh, Tyrell is still only like 30 points behind. So... <laughs> It'll, it'll, Either way, but the separation not, will happen. Yeah, I think he is starting to separate. Uh, I mean, Amon Ra was—he's a great route runner. He was at USC too. Yep. Um, I think he is going to continue to see more usage in this offense. Yeah. Uh, on the Bengals side, um, uh, well, Joe Burrow's dealing with that throat contusion. Uh, he's on voice rest for the week. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, Cincinnati's planning on using uh, heavily using silent counts this week. Um, are you worried about Bengals at all? The Bengals side, maybe you know Jamar Chase or anything with with Burrow a little banged up. I think Jamar Chase is still a must start. Yeah, I'm not worried about it at all. Like the whole throat contusion thing is just just a weird little injury that keeps popping up in the injury report, but it's not going to affect anything in the game. I don't think as long as he can speak, right. Is like, like communicate with the line and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, w- I would think so too. And the thing is we have zero idea, like how well he can speak right now. That's the one thing. Um, obviously I think calling plays in the huddle will never be an issue. If he is actually having some speaking issues though, calling audibles at the line of scrimmage could be hard. Yeah. You know, he's trying to yell out to the other receiver. I know they use hand gestures too, but like, you're still having to actually call things out. Uh, that might be more difficult. I don't think it's going to derail this offense by much. Um, as James said, Jamar Chase is an obvious start still. Um, what about the other receivers? Well, I, I saw an interesting stat earlier. Tyler Boyd actually has an identical target share percentage of Jamar Chase. Um, so that, that's pretty promising to see. Obviously, Jamar Chase has been getting all the touchdowns. But um, I, mean, I like I like Tyler Boyd for sure. Um uh, he's getting the same amount of targets. Um, he's getting the same amount of looks. Hopefully, he'll get those touchdowns. Uh, Samaje P. Ryan is now on the COVID nineteen list, which means it could really clear things up for Mixon if he's uh, healthy. Um, it looks like he's trending towards playing. Um, so he's starting Mixon if if he's good to go. I, hands down, the Lions are the absolute worst defense um, against running backs, fantasy-wise. So, um, that's a must-start for Mixon. And if Mixon can't go with P. Ryan uh, being on the, the COVID list, Chris Carter is the backup. He's a rookie out of Michigan. I'll be honest, I don't know anything about him, but I just know he's the next man up. If Mixon, Chris Evans? Or Chris Evans, my bad. Yeah, Chris Carter was uh, a 
Hall of Fame receiver. Hall of Fame receiver. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he was playing. Yeah. Uh, no, I completely agree. If Joe Mixon is good to go, um, you, you're absolutely starting him. I, I mean, obviously, he wasn't even expected to play last week and then ended up playing for a small amount of time, 28% uh, snap share, yeah. which isn't great. He actually still scored a touchdown, so if you did end up keeping your lineup, you weren't completely disappointed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Mixon is an obvious start if he's good to go. Uh, Joe Burrow for me is a streaming option. He's had at least 18 points in four out of the five weeks so far. Um, so I think you can fire him up as a streamer, uh, if you're looking for someone. Moving on to our next matchup here, the Texans taking on the Indianapolis Colts. In Indy, the Colts are nine and a half point favorites. The over/under is forty-three and a half points. Um, let's see. The Colts' passing defense has been pretty bad so far this year. Um, so let's start on the Houston side. Um, you plugging Brandon Cooks right back in there? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the matchup is really nice. Um, I mean, he had one bad game against the Patriots, and almost everyone has bad games against the Patriots. It's just kind of the way it goes. So I expect him to play, be right back to where he was and play well. Yeah. Um, what about Davis Mills? He had a decent game last week. Is he a streaming option in your eyes? No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. I'll, I'll just – he had one good game um, – he has no rushing upside, so his floor is way too low for me. Yeah, I think it's a it's a bit of a risky uh, proposition there. Like if you're trying to find a like, I would rather stream Joe Burrow over Davis Mills, pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he did have the one good game, but the week before that, he had negative one point three points. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, when was the last time you saw a quarterback get negative points that played the entire game? Yeah, that's rough. Uh, Maybe, maybe never. I don't. I couldn't ever remember a quarterback playing that poorly in a game. So, um, not pretty much. He also fumbled once. <laughs> yeah, threw four picks and fumbled. Yeah, it was a tough, tough game there. Um, no one else on the Texan side, right? Um, what was his name? Chris Moore had a game last week after he was activated from the practice squad, but uh, I wouldn't be looking to flex him. Just wait and see what happens there. Um, Colts side of the ball, uh, Johnny Taylor, you're obviously firing, firing up. Um, he's going, um, who else though? I mean, Pittman. Definitely. Um, Naeem Hines. No, not so definitely. (laughs) Yeah. The, the pause from everyone was like, uh, we want to think about it. Like, hmm, maybe, maybe. I mean, he's still going to be tough. Um, you know, he's had a couple of good games, and the rest have been pretty freaking poor for him. So he's he's probably too rough to try to plug in them unless you were, like, really, really hurting for whatever reason. But well, Dude, they're using Marlon Mack a little bit more, too, while yeah. trying to shop him. So that's cutting in a Naheem Hines work. So, uh, yeah, it's – Well, the best way to up somebody's trade value is to play him. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's hurt Naheem Hines, you know, and also frustrating me as a Mac, um, Mac holder, I guess you would say. Diamond hands. Um, yeah, it's kind of slowly turning into a three-back committee there. So only one I'm starting confidently is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Pittman, obviously. Any other receivers? Probably not. 
Um, what about Carson Wentz? Seems to be getting a little bit more comfortable in the offense. Uh, you know, I don't know. Can we expect more of that from him? Honestly, I'm not sure. Um, I th- I'm i not going to base off one week. He had maybe one of his best games as a pro uh, last week. He gets a pretty good Ravens defense. You know, threw for, for 300 plus yards or whatever. 400. 400 yards. Yeah, 402. So, I mean, that's a huge game for him. Yeah. Um, and he's really only doing it with one, like, solidified rec- receiver out there right now, it being Michael Pittman. So, I mean, when T.Y. When comes back here in a week or so, uh, maybe. Well, he might play this week. Maybe. Um, you know what he does against Houston. Yeah. I don't know. I I want to see it for probably another week or two before I want to, where I can really consider starting ones. But he does have a decent floor. He's averaging, um, he's getting at least 17 points a game essentially this year. So, that's that's pretty that's not awful for a quarterback. Um but I'm still gonna, you know, hold like sit tight for a minute. Yeah, you say seventeen points per game essentially. He says essentially because he against well, the Titans that was one stinker. Yeah, against the Titans he had like eight points. And as we know the Titans are not like one of the top tier defensive groups in the NFL, so that that's a little concerning. But um his floor is looking nice. So but like Irby said, I I'd, I'd wait it out a little bit longer to see more consistency. Yeah. I know Ty is gonna be working his ass off to try to get back to to, to play to play against his favorite team uh, because he pretty much shits on the Texans every year. Um, but let's move on. Uh, the Rams taking on the Giants. Um, the Rams right now are nine and a half point favorites. The over under is forty eight and a half points. Uh, look, pretty much everyone on the Giants team is hurt. Um, so it's going to be, it's almost like we're starting the season over again with the New York Giants. Don't really know what to expect. Um, it looks like Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard are on track to play though this week, but they're going to be missing Kenny Galladay, uh, Daniel Jones, obviously, um, Barkley. Um, so, you know, uh, Kadarius Tony's maybe going to play he only participated in the walkthrough at practice today is there anyone you're confidently starting I mean um obviously Devontae was a huge waiver wire ad this week for a lot of people probably plugging him in if you have him uh but what about the receivers if if Sterling Shepard's back are you playing him I'd probably hang back a little bit. I feel like just, just everyone being so hampered, I would only go with whoever's healthy and who actually like participated in practice for most of the week. I mean, it, it's tough. Uh, Slayton and Shepard did both practice limitedly today. Um, they both ex- are expected to play this week. If Daniel Jones plays, um, he's questionable still with that concussion, uh, so he has to get past the concussion protocol. If Daniel Jones plays... I'm actually, I think I'm comfortable starting either one of those guys if you have them. Um, you know, receiver two or flex play for them. If it's not Daniel Jones and it's Mike Glennon starting, then I'm probably not going to want to start either one of those guys. Uh, possibly Tony, if Tony does play with, with Mike Glennon, because they seem to have a very good connection. But outside of that, I mean, I'm playing like, seriously, it's, I'm really going to be playing like who starts at quarterback and who's ends up on the field before I make that decision. Yeah. What about Evan Ingram? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not dude. I don't even care. What is he? I, 
yeah, I don't care. I, you know what I mean? I'm not playing. What about him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so over Evan Ingram and hearing his name at this point. Um, but Devonte Booker, I think you can play, right? If you picked him up, you probably need him, or maybe you're the Saquon manager. Um, even though it's a tough defense, uh, I wouldn't expect big things. I definitely wouldn't expect 19 fantasy points because um, I think that was a little due to the fact that they didn't have anyone else last week. So um, I'd be willing to flex them or start them, but I wouldn't be expecting big things. All right, his usage is or his yard is going to be pretty low. I feel like we were talking about it on Monday, like yeah. comparing it with Barkley. Like Barkley was not having that good of stats before he got injured. So why would Devonte Booker do better? Honestly, my gut feeling is he's going to have a pretty bad game. That's my gut feeling. It's mine too. Um, even though the Rams this year are actually kind of average on defense so far, uh, I think they're banking a lot of off of like name recognition from last year. Yeah, uh, they're they're. Very much middle of the pack in almost every category. Right. But so still got freaks on that. Yeah, side you of do. <laughs> I know. And with that being said, though, uh, especially if Jones doesn't make it back to the game and it's Glennon, they're gonna load up the box. But I, I dare you. I dare yeah. Mike Glennon try to beat yeah, us. Yeah, Mike Glennon, go ahead and try to beat us. Um, which you won't. Um, Los Angeles Rams side of the ball for starting everyone. Right. Um, yeah, starting everyone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who. I mean, Stafford, Cup, uh, uh, Robert Woods, Robert Woods, Henderson. They're all starting. Yeah, and the Water Boy, get him off the waivers. <laughs> <laughs> he might catch a tutter. Um, yeah, I don't think. I think the only one that would be like you probably can't start yet is like Van Jefferson. Their wide receiver three just doesn't have enough consistency yet. Um kind of been waiting for him to get a consistent workload but just not there yet had a big game against arizona but then put up another dud against uh seattle the worst might just might be the overall worst defense in the league yeah uh, they're pretty rough um <laughs> so it's and it's true i mean van jefferson is only uh flex play if you're in deeper leagues like for instance like we have a dynasty league and it's a 14 team dynasty league with two flexes uh, Van Jefferson, I've started I think three times this year because it's just yeah. That when if you're in a league that deep, you're almost forced to. Um, Maybe yeah. that's why you're not undefeated in that league, like I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it helps. It helps when you have Derrick Henry on your team. Or wait, no, this uh-uh. is the dynasty league. No, oh, this yeah. dynasty league is built Henry. by a strong wide receiver core. <laughs> yeah, it helps when you have Devonte Adams on your team. Devonte Adams, Justin <laughs> Jefferson, Michael Pittman. I can keep going. Yeah, uh, but let's move on. The Chiefs taking on the Washington football team. Uh, this one's gearing up to be a really high-scoring game. I think it's the highest over-under on the week uh, at 55.5 points. Uh, the Chiefs are seven-point favorites. Uh, so, really, I guess probably the easier thing to do is who are you not starting <laughs> Um, cause obviously you're starting Mahomes, you're starting Tyree kill or wait, Tyree kills Tyree kill might miss this game. He's dealing with knee. Game, he's right. had a knee issue all year. And now after last week came, he's come up with a quad issue. So he's super questionable. He did not practice today. Um, we'll see what happens. If you guys listen to the waiver wire edition, uh, I was all aboard the, uh, Hardman train, right? That's if Tyree right. kills out, Michael Hardman should be started 
in every league with this game. Yeah, you were all on him, and I was not really. I'll be honest. I won 80 since then. <laughs> I'm all about Miko Hardman this week, <laughs> definitely. I took took some time for the stats to grow on me and the information, but definitely. Uh, Travis Kelsey, you're starting. Darrell Williams, um, you're starting, right? I mean, you picked him up. You probably paid a good amount of fab for him. I was some people were paying a lot of fab in some of my leagues for him, and I was not one of those people. Um, but you know, I also don't have Clyde. Um, but uh, you're starting him, um, even though that it might be more of a split backfield there, or more of a committee approach. But I think he'll be more of like 60, 65, 70 percent of snaps. Um, so I think you can play him. Well, let's just be real. You picked him up off of the waivers. You're going to put him yeah, in. Yeah, you're playing him. Uh, and Washington hasn't been great um, defensively this year. So, uh, yeah, you can confidently play him. McCole Hardman, go ahead and, and put him in there, especially if Tyreek's out. Um, that's pretty much it, right? We're not going down the um, uh, Josh Gordon train yet. God no! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times I have to say this. Um, I, I mean, I, I just and, had to. I, just I had know. To do it and the crazy fun. thing is, like, I'm seeing it from like you know, like people get paid to do this, like on NFL.com and ESPN are like, like, oh, yo, look out for Josh Gordon this week. It's a juicy match. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like GTFO. I'm gonna laugh rocks. next week when we're doing our waiver wire show and Josh Gordon has like a 20 plus point. Why? Yeah. It's gonna absolutely kill me. <laughs> yeah, that makes me want to dive into it, man. If you can find some practice videos of him, see how he's looking. You know. Yeah. You guys are obviously against it, but I'm still gullible to it. I I just gotta see something before I'm willing to. But by then it'll be too late, man. That's what I'm saying. Like if you want to get on that well, Josh on Gordon team, train, you better dive deep. I mean, if he's on your team, you have the decision to make of whether you're going to start him or sit him but you probably have other options you can start over him i imagine he was probably just a stash and see what happens anyways so um i don't think anyone's counting on him um he is rostered on in 35 percent leagues at least on the sleeper app he is so uh he did have a pretty large boost um in recent weeks we'll see if that continues if he has a big game obviously he'll end up being like the number one waiver wire ad next week yeah this man is rostered more than Dan Arnold. I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> Dan Arnold, folks, come on. Pick him up. Dan the man. Um, the Washington football side of things, um, Antonio Gibson, uh, Terry, you're starting those guys um, without a doubt. Um, what about Taylor Heineke? Most Definitely. Yeah, uh, Kansas City is the worst defense in the league uh, in terms of giving up points to quarterbacks. Heineke, with the, with the game script, should be a super high-scoring game. I think it's going to be an absolute barn burner of a game, so I think you could like, see a lot of points from Heineke this week. Yeah, I think a good point to bring up in games like this, you want pieces of these types of games. So like McCole Hardman and Taylor Heineke, guys that you can literally pick up off the waiver wire and plug in, you want to do that because you want pieces of these games that are going to be high-scoring. With that being said, I'm also flexing uh, J.D. McKissick this week, too. And, look, the books aren't always right, but those guys get paid a lot of money to make these lines, so they know what they're doing. If it's a high over-under, chances are it's going to be a high-scoring game, more more so than not. So you just want pieces of those types of games. Just to drive home Taylor Heineke, we were all um, 
Well, you guys were jealous that I chose Taylor Heineke as my quarterback start of the week because you guys wanted to choose him. So basically, that just lets you know the whole podcast loves Taylor Heineke this yeah. week. We were all on it. Uh, Trey just got to the document first. Is basically what happened. <laughs> yeah. I literally opened it and just typed Taylor Heineke. <laughs> <laughs> He's mine. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones, I think, is another guy you can play for sure at the tight end position this week. Uh, he's looked really good. 6'5", 240. I mean, eight targets last week, five receptions for 41 yards. Um, you know, he adds a touchdown to that, and it's a really solid game at the tight end position. So I think he's a, a good play as well. Yeah, I completely agree. He's a great streaming option for you, especially if you had Logan Thomas. The crazy thing about the Washington football team, they don't use two tight ends. Like, even when they had Ricky Seals-Jones on the roster, Logan Thomas yeah. played 100% of the snap share the first four weeks. And yeah. then the second Logan Thomas goes down – Ricky Seals Jr. played ninety nine percent of snaps last week. Like he's on the field the entire game. They're gonna get him get him the ball. Yep. He's obviously a good red zone target. Uh moving on to their next matchup here. Uh the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Carolina Panthers. This is in Carolina. The Vikings right now are one point favorites. But before we get too deep into that, did you guys talk about Antonio Gibson at all? Oh yeah, he's a start. Yeah, they don't really have to say much. Okay, yeah, I guess he's obviously sorry. Yeah, I just want to make sure we talked about him for a second. I leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I brought him up. I literally just said his name and said stardom. So, uh, but that's it. I mean, that's pretty much what it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, you like for Gibson. You're you're like agent or Antonio Gibson, uh, scary Terry. You're starting. Yeah, and that was that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, we shouldn't have to tell you to start those guys. I think everyone realizes that. Um, uh, back to the Vikings and the Panthers. The Vikings are one-point favorite. Over-under is 46 points right now. Um, it's looking like uh, uh, Coach Rule, Ja Rule, he said um, <laughs> that McCaffrey's a 50-50 shot at playing this week, which pretty much means he's not playing, I think, in, in my opinion. Um, I don't think they want to rush him back at all. Um, I think they have a legi- they they legitimately think they have a shot this year to uh, you know go in the playoffs and make something happen. So I don't think they're rushing him back. I would plan on McCaffrey probably missing this week, which sucks, but um, just the way it is. Uh, Chuba looked good last week though, so I think if you have him on your roster, you're starting him. If CMC is out, uh, 101 yards on the ground last week and he also caught five passes for 33 yards so love to see that um but what about you guys do you guys think um he can repeat that performance against minnesota um i i think he might yeah it's the vikings are actually a, a pretty good defense like one of the top in the league and i think they're gonna have a heyday against sam darnold so I'm curious if that means like they'll lean more on the running game, because the Vikings are one of the pass rushing, one of the best pass rushing teams in the league, and Sam Darnold's just been getting lit up the last couple of weeks, turning the ball over a bunch. So I feel like they might lean on the run game. So Chuba, in my mind, um, as far as the Panthers go, it's probably the best starting option. Uh, DJ Moore, too, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the running backs, uh, yeah. Chuba. I mean, with Chuba, they definitely put him in there, and they basically were like, "Go be, you know, Chris McCaffrey light." Yeah, because they didn't use him in any different way than they would normally use Chris McCaffrey. So, uh, I think he's definitely a must start if he does play. If uh, CMC's out, and yeah, the matchup overall isn't great, but Minnesota has been 
not excellent against running backs, ranked 21st against fancy running backs right now. So um, I think, you know, some points are there for sure. I like your point, though, Trey. I think um, they'll be coming after Sam, and I think the potential for a lot of little dump-offs uh, to Chuba out of the backfield is there. Um, so we love to see that as fantasy managers. Um, uh, DJ Moore, you're playing. What about Robbie, uh, bo- uh, Sideshow Bob? No, man, he's a sideshow now. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally, he became him. a sideshow. <laughs> I don't even know what to think of him. I'm I, I'm so invested in this man that I want to drop him, but I can't. Yeah, for me, I wasn't high on him coming to this season, so it's he's droppable for me. I, you know, um, I'm still holding on to Terrace Marshall in a couple of places with the sliver of hope that maybe they get him a little bit more involved. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think DJ Moore is the only receiver you can start confidently. Yeah, I think Robbie Anderson's droppable also. Um, even though he's had a pretty good target share the last couple of weeks, eleven uh, targets two weeks ago, seven targets last week. But overall in the season, he's catching less than 50% of his targets. That's, yep. that's just terrible. Um, and even that game, he had 11 targets. He only had caught five for 46 yards. I mean, that's just that's not sustainable at all. Like That's that's just bad. Honestly, right. even for getting that many targets, it's crazy that you're not you know, getting any production out of him. Yeah. yeah, whether it's Darnold's fault for inaccuracy or his fault for you know not running the, a good route or having bad hands or anything, the stats are there and they're garbage. Yeah. Yep, uh, I agree. Um, so on the Minnesota side, though, Dalvin Cook back at practice. Uh, he's expected to be ready for Sunday. Thank God. Um, even though you know, if you're the Cook manager and you have Madison, you haven't been upset because it's they're basically interchangeable. That does worry me a little bit about you know being a Cook manager though. When Cook comes back, is it going to be more split going forward? Um, that's the only thing that worries me. Well, well traditionally, though, we, we've seen Cook go down multiple times in the last couple of years, and Madison's always been there to fill in and just be like Cook 2.0. True. And, but then Cook gets healthy again and just takes right back over. Yeah. Because I've been a Madison stash the last couple of years, and it's frustrating because I'm just like, dang, he, he proved his yeah. worth, you know? But they just every time Cook's healthy, they always give him the reins. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's complete, That's the most accurate thing that, uh, that you could have said there. Honestly, it just... Madison is might be the best backup running back in the league. Oh, for sure. Um, but as you said, yeah, the second Dalvin Cook comes back and is and is healthy, they they don't even question it. It's the Dalvin Cook show. Yeah, no, I like that. I, history repeats itself, so hopefully that continues. Um, uh, what about uh, the receivers in Minnesota? You're obviously playing Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen. Yeah, you're playing. Um, yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. I mean, not it's not a great matchup, but yeah, you're definitely playing them. There's no way you're not gonna start either one of those guys. Um, KJ Osborne has kind of disappeared since his big boom game. Um, any thoughts on KJ? Well, you guys are really big on him. I just remember not really buying into it at the time, just because of you know um, Thielen and Jefferson being there, and. Um, at the time, they had that uh, tight end that was uh, Irv Smith. That was uh, now he got hurt in the preseason. Oh, pre- preseason. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But at the, like at the time, I'm seeing all this stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm not really interested in this guy being like the third receiver. And it just seems like it's gonna be really hit or miss. Like a typical third receiver on the NFL team. Like yeah. he'll have big games and he's gonna disappear sometimes. 
Yeah, uh, I was big on Cage. I thought for sure that they were going to have like three, you know, flex uh, starting or flex worthy receivers in Minnesota after the first two weeks because he just lit it up the first two weeks, and then has been basically non-existent since. Yeah. Um, he's still playing the sa- almost the exact same number of snaps he has all year, but the target share is way down. Um, he did get seven targets a couple weeks back, but only caught three for 26 yards. And that's the other thing, too, is that the targets he is getting, they're also really short targets, where the first two weeks he was the, that deep ball guy, and that's just completely out of the offense now for him. Um, one thing I will note here, um, Justin Jefferson's dealing with an ankle. Adam Thielen's dealing with a foot. They both didn't practice today, which is – you know, typical on a Wednesday with guys that are dealing with little nagging injuries. But if for whatever reason one of them doesn't play, um, I think KJ gets moved up into a flex. No, I think KJ sure. is an easy start if one of the, if one of those guys ever misses a game. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on here. The Chargers taking on the Ravens. Um, Right now, Baltimore is a three-point favorite. The over/under is fifty-two points, so expected to be a high-scoring game. Um, so we like having pieces of those. Um, obviously, the Chargers, man, have pretty much been on fire. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Mike Williams seems to have kind of taken the wide receiver role, one role, from Keenan Allen, but I think you still start both of them, obviously, um, without question. Uh, Austin Eckler is is the man. You're starting him. Uh, Herbert, starting him. Um, uh, another little stream option at tight end, Donald Parnham. Parnham? Donald Parnham? I'm pretty sure it's Parnham. Yeah. It's just one of those, like, it's spelt weird, but it's easier Parham. to pronounce. <laughs> Parnham. Daniel Parnham? Anyways, uh, a touchdown in the last two weeks, so... Um, it looks like they're trying to get him more involved in the red zone, but that's pretty much it. That's where he's only involved is in the red zone. But if you're looking for a streaming tight end, like I said, you just want someone who has the chance of scoring a touchdown. He's six foot eight. <laughs> he's huge, but so, I mean, he's not on the field. Like you still have Jared Cook in front of him. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he he's basically for the entire season he's only played fifty percent of snaps and. Um, Jared Cook is is more of the every down guy, but he does get looks in the red zone. I mean, essentially that he's getting the touchdowns, and then Jared Cook is you know getting like a seventy eighty percent snap right. share, eight targets. But once again, the red zone, like he's not getting those looks, so it, it sucks. It, honestly, Chargers tight end room, I'm not that interested because Jared Cook's getting all the yards and the targets, and then you have another guy getting all the red zone targets. So like it's never going to combine together to give you like a twelve point game. Right. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, on the Ravens side, Lamar Jackson, dude, is killing it. Um, love to see it. Did you guys see the stat that came out today that he has more yards than eighteen NFL teams? Yeah. Yep. The Raiders were just ahead. Shout out Raider Nation. <laughs> not better than us. I'm not sure why you're hanging your hat on that, but okay. <laughs> because there was fifteen teams below him. Yeah. Um, including the Packers, but um. Yeah, Lamar is is the dude, and you're starting him. Just, I mean, what a game he had the other night. Just incredible. Um, but uh, receivers, uh, Marquise Brown, you're starting. I mean, he's he's been awesome so far this year, uh, just electric. So he's a must-start for me. Uh, Rashad Bateman's supposed to be coming back, hopefully. Um, so 
I'll be interested to see what he does this week in this high-scoring game. Um, I think, you know, they've been waiting for someone, his archetype to to have there in Baltimore, a bigger receiver, um, more of the wide receiver outside, wide receiver one body type. You know, Marquise is obviously like a playmaker, Tyreek Hill type. Um, but I don't think he can start him, you know, uh, rookie um, making his debut. So, but I'm excited to see what happens. If for whatever reason he's still on the waivers in your league, go stash him um, and see what happens. Uh, but what about the running backs? Probably not starting any of them at this point, right? I mean, they've been terrible. Yeah, it's super inconsistent. Obviously, like Latavius Murray is like the head of all of that. But I, I saw a super interesting graph the other day. I don't want to like, overcomplicate this, but basically it was uh, talking about like running backs and their yards over expectation combined with broken tackles every time they touch the ball. Yeah, I and saw that too. Latavius Murray is literally like dead last, the bottom, bottom left of yeah. the craft, like where X meets Y. Like, <laughs> like, and I've known this as a Raiders fan. I talked about it before. Like, he does not break tackles. He he's really good at like being a running back until the contact comes, and then he just falls forward every time. So it, I'm curious how long he'll hold on to the backfield. Yeah, I mean, and that's been a thing for him. Like, honestly, his, his entire career, he runs for how big he is. and to put the, He's 6'3", 230. He runs so high. Like, he, he runs with zero pad level, which is crazy for a guy who's that his size. He should yep. be absolutely demolishing people at the point of contact. He just doesn't. Um, that's super frustrating to watch as a guy like – Who's that big? You think that he should be out there just killing people? Yeah, how frustrated right. was I as a Raiders fan? I'm just yeah. like, okay, that's a seven yard run. Just break that. Oh, you're just gonna go down. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, with that said, he's clearly the number one option here. He's getting more than fifty percent of snaps pretty much every game now, um, where the other guys are both less than thirty percent. But he's yeah. not doing a whole lot with these touches. Yeah, and, and Tyson was at the at the beginning of the year, but last week uh, only played nineteen percent of snaps. Um, four attempts for six yards. So I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's avoid uh, it, man. Just the, avoid Baltimore it. Baltimore seems like their game plan has changed with all these well, injuries. They're they're shifting towards throwing the ball more. They are maybe and, because they have to, but also Lamar's looked a lot better throwing the ball. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, and the RB one in Baltimore has always been Lamar Jackson, right? Um, you know, he played. I mean, he's been their running back one. He just he has been for years actually at this point. Yeah, and I think you know I I talked about this last week or last episode can't remember but uh basically what i think the ravens want out of their backfield or out of their running backs um is just guys that don't fumble the ball and can maybe punch it in at the goal line i think that's pretty much all they're asking for at this point so yeah uh you're not you're not starting any of the ravens running backs um and if you have to drop them don't even hesitate i think you can drop them drop tyson yeah um uh yeah that pretty much covers everyone there oh and you know um andrews uh mark andrews or yeah, he's must start though yeah. at this point like for the rest of the season unless something else happens yep i think he's i mean he was probably must start regardless just because like of where his adp was um with that being said though i have no problem streaming jared cook this week though either i know you brought part of him but uh both these defenses are uh in the bottom three for defenses against tight ends so far this year so I think this is a pretty big tight end game for both teams. Yeah, Mark Andrews tight end three on the year. So certainly thanks to start. a career game on Monday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that you brought up Jared Cook again. I mean, I did bring up the fact that how he's probably not going to get a touchdown because of those red zone looks. 
He's he's been relevant for a couple of years now. People keep sleeping on him. When he gets the opportunities, he will produce. Yeah. So if they give him the ball, yeah, he he could definitely have a good game. Uh, Cardinals taking on the Browns in Cleveland. The Browns are three point favorites. Uh, the over under is forty nine and a half points. Um, yeah. So Cardinals. Um, uh, Kyler Murray's dealing with that shoulder injury again. Um, that he dealt with all last year. He played through it, but obviously was limited. Um, so I think this is a little bit alarming for me. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Kyler and the shoulder. Hopefully it's not, you know, uh, serious enough to really affect him because he's been dynamic and electric and, and awesome. Um, but I am a little bit worried. I think obviously you still have to start him, um, for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about it. Uh, what about you guys on the Cardinals side? I'm liking AJ green this week. Wow. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been a big fan of him this year, but I I like AJ green this week. It it seems promising for him just the way things are set up. And he's had a couple good games recently. And, um, Excuse me. The Browns are uh, giving up a decent amount of points to receivers, so I'm just uh, curious to see what Green's going to do this week. I'm in- more interested in him this week than I have been before. Yeah, I think Rondell Moore is interesting too. It looks like they're trying to get him more involved uh, after Max Williams, the tight end, went down <clears throat> with a, a bad injury, which sucked because he was kind of emerging. He was yeah, out for the year. But Rondell Moore uh, leads the league right now in yards after catch and yak. Um, so I think they see the talent, the, you know, dynamic playmaking and they're going to get them more involved. Um, so I don't know. I, my gut feeling is saying that he's going to start emerging more so than Christian Kirk, like Christian Kirk might fall, you know, it's going to be D hop, AJ green and Rondell Moore in my opinion, but we'll see what happens. Um, that's what I would like to think. <laughs> I don't, I'm I'm interested to see, to see why like AJ green go you know, the way you're feeling about him this week. Um, I'd actually be going the opposite way on AJ Green. Um, this last week he had his lowest target and recep- rece- receptions of the year. Um, every game so far until this last game, he had six targets. That was very consistent. That dropped to two this last week and only had one catch. Uh, his also snap share, his snap count actually dropped um, from previous weeks also. So I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, and this isn't a great matchup. Yeah, I know Cleveland hasn't banged up. Uh, you know, defensive backs right now, but yeah, but I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually more concerned about AJ green. Uh, and with Kyler getting hurt too, I think the only guy I'm actually trusting this week in that receiving core is Hopkins. I see what you're saying, but like with those defensive backs being injured, like as long as one of them is out, that means one receiver is going up against a backup and yeah, you know, know, it's not going to be Deandre Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably a little dicey. Um, I don't know. I, I guess we're we're kind of opposite ends here, but it's certainly a see what happens type of like the situation's different. It's hard to say exactly what what could or could not happen. Oh, I mean, I'd like to throw in my flex. That's like how interested I am. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm I got a good feeling about this week for him. I mean, that's not terrible. Speaking that you are missing a couple of big uh, pass catchers this week from the buys. So you know, Calvin Ridley, Debo Samuel. If you had either one of those guys, then you might be looking to you know have to put someone into your flex that you weren't normally expecting to. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about the uh, uh, real, really just Chase Edmonds um, this week. 
he's dealing he played through a hamstring injury last week and we saw James Conner get a lot of the workload because of that um and he's also dealing with a shoulder injury now so um I'm a little bit worried I think Chase Edmonds you know this is Wednesday night that we're recording this I think you really got to monitor his uh, availability throughout the week if he's limited at all or you know hurt going into the game I think James Conner is a good flex um so yeah I would just keep an eye on that um because obviously I mean he had two fantasy points last week um, dealing with that injury. So <clears throat> you don't want to throw him in there if he's limited because they'll just turn to James Conner. Um, you know, he's a, uh, a capable backup or a capable running back. Um, so, and if that is the case, then I think James Conner becomes a really, you know, strong flex. Um, so, but what about the Brown side of the ball? Um, obviously the running backs you're starting, I think, both of them are dealing with some injuries, um, Chubb and Hunt, that is. But I th- believe they're both expected to play. You're starting both of them. Um, what about the receivers, though? Any thoughts in on the Cleveland receivers? Well, I mean, the Cardinals are giving up 40 points per game to receivers. I'm just really curious who's going to get those points in the Browns if they can. Because with Jarvis Landry out, OBJ in the last three weeks has been really like subpar. He's had 19 targets. Let me see here. Yeah, 19 targets, nine catches, 124 yards, no touchdowns in three weeks. I mean, that's with like Jarvis Landry not being involved. So I'm just curious who's going to get the points for Cleveland because like there's definitely um, they can be exposed. The Cardinals can be in the passing game. So I'm just curious if they even will be exposed and who's going to get the points. Yeah, I mean, the game has potential for a shootout for sure, but trying to figure out who's going to be scoring those points uh, could be tricky and risky. Is that in David Njoku maybe creeping out of? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe he had the one big game and really most of that came off of I mean, he had the one big play. Yeah. And the guy made it, the defender made it really poor. Uh, defensive. He tried to, you know, just punch the ball out. Even not, didn't even go for the tackle. Yeah. So, you know, he was kind of lucky in terms of that. But uh, I have no problem actually rolling with OBJ this week. With how poor the Cardinals have been against receivers, I think I'm. I think you can expect a pretty good floor from OBJ this week. Yeah, I mean, if he's gonna get it done, this, this is the week. This is definitely a yeah, game for where sure. he should get it done. Potential for shootout in in a you know, uh, below average, uh, secondary there in Arizona. So yeah, I agree. I think you can flex them, but, um, again, I'm not, I wasn't someone that was high on OBJ this year. Um, I've kind of hopped off that train a little while ago. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have to make that decision, but if you are, I think you can flex them, but again, limit the expectations. Keep an eye on Donovan Peoples-Jones. He finally got some targets and some catches <laughs> last you're gonna, week. You're going to have to bring him up. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is one of the worst uh, yeah. pass defenses fantasy-wise, man. So so maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones, this might be the week for him. Take a look at him. Uh, moving on, the Raiders ooh, taking on the Broncos. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so disrespectful. A lot of headlines for the Raiders. Uh, in the last week, yikes! Uh, but um, <laughs> taking on the Broncos with their new interim 
head coach. Uh, yeah, what are we thinking here? I mean, um, you're starting Darren Waller. You absolutely have to. Um, but has you know, I guess we talked about this a little bit in the last show, but is your opinion changed against Denver in this matchup? Oh, Denver's three-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 44. I mean, like I was saying on Monday in our waiver wire episode, I just kind of want to wait for the storm to pass, give it like a week to go by. Obviously, Darren Waller's a must-start, but guys like Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr, kind of like fringe guys, um, I would kind of avoid this week. Um, Josh Jacobs has been struggling lately, but I feel like you are, you're going to have to start him anyways. Um, the run game is, I, I feel like it's going to be emphasized by Abisakia. He's like a special teams guy. I just, I, I think Josh Jacobs is going to be like a key point in the, in the game this week. And it's a division rivalry game, probably like low scoring, kind of like a little grimy, little gritty game. So I like Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Besides that, that's it. You know, I actually I'm right there with you with Josh Jacobs. I know this matchup sucks. Um, Denver's really, really good. I think they're top three against running backs so far this year. For some reason, I have this gut feeling like Josh Jacobs has a good game. Not sure why. Um, I think part of Denver having like that top three rankings because they haven't really played any good running backs. Yeah. Uh, week one they had Saquon, but he was still coming back from the injury. We didn't know who he was going to be. Then he played Jacksonville, James Robinson when they weren't using Jay Robinson correctly. Right. Um. Then he, they played the Jets, who is, you know, they're the Jets. Yeah. Then you played the shit show of a backfield in Baltimore. Yep. Um, and then last week they had Pittsburgh. And w- Najee Harris finally uh, had the best game of his, his career. Right. You know, short career against the vaunted De- Denver Broncos defense. So I kind of think that their numbers have been inflated. And I think Josh Jacobs has a good game. Yeah, I think those are the only two guys you can start. Uh, right. Um, and then see what happens. Um, Denver side of the ball. Is this a breakout game for Javante? I kind of like it. I, mean, I kind of like him too. He's uh, the, the the Raiders are I think seventh, um, seventh in points given up to the running back position uh, so far. Um, Javante had that run last week where he just looked incredible. Um, so free Javante Williams is my. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Javante this week. I think he's definitely flex. He's giving you a nice floor anyway, and I think the potential is there for a big game this week. They got to get him more involved. He's clearly the best running back they have. I mean, if we're along those lines, that means like Gordon is also a start. Yeah, because those guys are splitting carries. Yeah, but the, the Raiders did give up 75 plus scrimmage yards to two different running backs last week in Chicago. Right. And to Williams and Herbert. And that was Herbert's like first meaningful NFL game action. Yeah. And the Raiders let two guys essentially get seven and a half free fantasy points. Yeah. So um I think they're both starts this week. Yeah. For sure. I, I mean like Javante, he's definitely one of those guys like for, for me personally, this is actually in our main league, I have Alvin Kamara, right? He's on by. I'm starting Javante Williams over Damian Harris and Zach Moss this week. I have more trust in that than I do the other two guys. Wow. Yeah, I uh, I like that. I, I think Javante has a good game this week. Uh, Cortland Sutton, you're starting. Um, any other Denver receivers? Probably not. Um, Tim Patrick might be a flex play if, if you're in a pinch, but yeah. uh, I wouldn't expect like a huge game from him by any means. Tim Patrick, is, is he working out of the slot usually? Who's our slot guy? If I, they mean, well, like have I mean, one? Jerry Judy's out. Uh, KJ Hamler's out. So like, yeah, it was KJ and Jerry, but mm. 
Well, either way, uh, Jim Patrick, I think his, his uh, value increases a little bit this week because the Raiders' uh, second and third starting cornerbacks were banged up last week. And if Trayvon Mullen can't play again this week and it's Damon Arnett on um, Tim Patrick there, Tim Patrick could probably have a pretty good day. Yeah. Um, Noah Fant, probably start him, right? Um, kind of a quiet week last week, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I think no offense a uh, start this week. Oh, history repeats itself, right? The Raiders are a little bit better on defense this year, but historically they get torched by tight ends. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, Fant, I mean, there's another one of those things where Denver doesn't really play two tight ends. Fant plays pretty much the entire game. Um, and with all the other injuries to the to the offense here, he, his production is just going to come naturally. It has to. Right. You know, they have limited pass catchers as it is, so. I think Noah Fan. I think you're absolutely starting. And yeah, and Las Vegas is not very good against tight ends as it is um, historically. So, so uh, yeah, I think Noah Fan's a great stream this week. Okay, uh, Cowboys taking on the Patriots. Dallas three and a half point favorites. The over under is fifty one points. Uh, so expected to be a high scoring game here as well. Um, Cowboys side of the ball. I mean, the offense is clicking. Um, you want pieces of that right now. Um, so I, you know, I mean, you're pretty much starting, right? You're starting Dak, you're starting Zeke, uh, Cooper, CD, um, Schultz, all starts. Um, yeah, so pretty much good. I'm actually sitting Cooper this week. Oh yeah. Okay. Tell us why. Tell us more. The Patriots. <laughs> the, dude, Bill Belichick is just so good at limiting players. Um, Who are you starting over Cooper? Brandon Cooks and Mike Williams. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm cool with well, that. Hey, as a you know, Raiders fan chiming in here on Amari Cooper, this is someone who <laughs> can time. easily, easily disappear in a football game. So Bill Belichick will probably um, make him do that. I can see that happening. Yeah, I definitely like starting Mike Williams over him for sure. Um, Tony Pollard, I saw earlier he was the highest rated running back by PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus, for whatever, you know, however they do their <laughs> ratings. But I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't think I'm rushing to start him by any means, though. Nah, not this week. I don't think it's going to be like a game where um, the game script plays out where they're going to kind of just like rely on their backup. I know they use him a lot, but I think they're going to rely on Zeke a lot more because this game's going to be like uh, closer than we would think. Yeah, I can see this being a bit of, of a slugfest against this defense, and if that's the case, you're going to rely on Zeke to you know pound, just pound and tackle, pound and tackles over and over and over. Not to mention like. Zeke is having quite the bounce back year. He's running back five so far. Um, he's had two back-to-back games of like great production, and even before then, he had you know ninety-five and seventy-one yards, and he scored a touchdown in four straight games. Um, I'm just I'm never put I'm not going to put Tony in there when Zeke is having a great year. Uh, what about on the New England side of the ball? Um, I mean. Nelson Aguilar, uh, or I mean, any of the New England receivers, you know, Jacoby Myers, will he score a touchdown? I mean, uh, no one knows, but I like him this week. Jacoby? I like Jacoby Myers this week. He he's uh, has the highest uh, target share and snap count on the Patriots. 
and Dallas has given up five straight 100-yard receiving games to a receiver. So um, things are looking pretty good for somebody, and it looks like it has to be him. Um, speaking of Nelson Aguilar, would you start him? I am on the side of no. Yeah, no. Yes, yeah, I, I was. I only brought that up because of Dallas's like pass defense being so porous. Um, I was curious if you guys thought that two receivers would be productive for the Patriots. It's highly unlikely. But. Yeah, it, it's just, <laughs> I'm not gonna bang. I I like your take on Myers. Um, I think Myers you could absolutely start this week, but I'm stopping there. Yeah. Any of the running backs? Your uh, that. Would you start any of the running backs in New England? Are we talking about New England Patriots running backs? No, yeah. thank you. Well, I mean, Stevenson might be in play because Harris could miss this game. If that's the case, then you're going to get a lot of Ramondre yeah. Stevenson. But the second he fumbles in or misses theory. a block, <laughs> he gets sad. Then I don't even know who is on the depth chart behind them. Damian so. Harris could have had a pretty good game last week if he didn't fumble going into the end zone. I don't know if you guys saw that. But. Yeah, and he also got hurt too. Yeah. So um, that sucks. We'll, you know, probably won't see him for the next three yeah. weeks. You know, the up. other interesting thing is that this offense—you'd think they'd actually have better production from the pass catchers because they're throwing the ball a lot. Yeah, Mac Jones has thrown at least thirty pass attempts in every game this year. Yeah, uh, Hunter Henry. Honestly, and Yanu Smith is like more surprised or more involved than you would think. It would surprise you. Like he's still getting targets and playing a good amount of snaps. Yeah, I would feel better about starting Hunter Henry for sure. But um, yeah, it's it is interesting though that like Hunter Henry is getting quite a bit more snaps than Johnu, but they're getting the same target share. Yeah, so it's really uh, it's a really odd thing that's happening there with the tight ends. And Hunter Henry has one red zone target. Yanu Smith has six. Yeah. See. Well, you know, historically Bill wants to use two tight ends, so I think he's really trying to get them going. Um, so I think, yeah, streamable for sure. Hunter Henry was a big waiver wire guy this week. Um, so if you picked him up, you're probably playing him. Um, and that's okay. Uh, that pretty much covers that game. Let's move on here to the Seahawks taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. Um, doesn't sound like they're going to get flexed out yet. <laughs> I've heard rumors, but well, they don't usually the flex the last like four or five weeks. I don't know if that's even allowed right now. I think it's. I think they're within the range. I think it's like week six to. I don't know. Uh, like apparently, it's only allowed when the Raiders are prime time. Then you can just flex them out. <laughs> this happened last year a couple of times, dude. Um. Anyways, the Pittsburgh Steelers are five point favorites. The over under is forty two and a half points. So expected to be a little bit more low scoring here. Obviously Juju's out, um, so I, you know, I'm I've been big on Deontay Johnson now for the last couple of years. Um, I think he's an automatic start. Chase Claypool had a nice game last week. I think he's a start uh, probably going forward uh, for the rest of the year. Najee Harris um, actually leads the league in targets for running backs. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, but he's an automatic must start, no doubt about it. Like he has the most targets out of all, like everyone. Oh, just running backs. Yeah. Okay. Out of all running backs, he's got the most targets. Um. So, let's see. Seahawks defense has been terrible. Would you consider start or streaming Big Ben this week? 
probably the only week you can. <laughs> this this honestly like this solidifies like how I feel about Big Ben. This is like one of the worst defenses in the league, and I still would not even consider starting Big Ben. He had his best game of the year. And it was sixteen fantasy points. Yeah. Like and it, it's weird because like Chase Claypool's a must start now with um with uh, Juju being out and obviously Deontay Johnson's been a must start. So it's like how can you have two must start receivers in your quarterback? I just I he's, there's just so he's many not options. producing. There's just so many options at quarterback, right? I mean, there's just so many streamable guys and, and all that. So it's a lot easier to, you know, start these receivers than it is to start Big Ben. Um, for me, yeah, I'm, I think there's better options out there, even against the Seahawks. Big Ben's down there with me, like in my eyes, like down there with Davis Mills on my quarterback rankings <laughs> for the week. Like, these are guys you seriously, if you're starting them, you're in a horrible position. Yeah, I think I think you're both correct. Uh, for, for, for some reason, you're in a pinch. Big Ben could be an option, but you yeah. shouldn't be in a pinch. It's week four. There aren't really any, not many quarterback injuries that you're trying to start anyways. Week, week six. Tyler's <laughs> 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 back with time. Sorry, week six. Uh, there, but there, there's only four teams on by. I think is where I was trying to go with that. Four teams on by. Yeah. Um, so there should be much better options than Big Ben. Uh, one thing I do want to request from the Steelers is, hey, can we get Fryermuth involved, please? That's all. Um, no, his name sucks. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Fryermuth. Um, Seahawks side of the ball. Um, oh, Chris Carson, is he looking to play? I, I mean, I guess, first of all, how do we feel about starting these receivers um, with Gino in. I feel like you still have to start DK and Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Just because of the way that offense is designed, like they, I, I just don't see a situation where they're, they're not getting targets. Yeah. I mean, I don't really either. We're not using the Gerald Everett as much as we kind of thought they would. So they really are the two, you know, target monsters there. And then you like dash in like, you know Freddie Swain, um, but you're not ever starting him. Chris Carson, in terms of if he plays, I think you're obviously starting him, even though the matchup's not great against Pittsburgh. And I could absolutely see Pittsburgh being like, "Hey, Gino, like come beat us if you can," and absolutely stacking the box. Yeah, I for the one thing I'll say about it is, is it's really risky because it is the Sunday night game, and if it comes down to being a game time decision for Chris Carson. Uh, that puts you in a pretty tough mm-hmm. predicament, especially if you don't have Alex Collins on your bench. If you have Chris Carson and you don't have Alex Collins and you know we're, we get to Saturday and they're saying game time decision for Chris, I would look elsewhere totally because by the time Sunday night rolls around and then, oh, he's not playing, and then you're screwed if you don't have Alex Collins. Yeah, so. that's an on that goose egg and yeah. any goose eggs means you're probably losing that week. So, yep. So yeah, just keep an eye on them. And, and if it becomes a game time decision and you don't have Alex Collins, look elsewhere, um, is my advice. Um, yeah, that pretty much covers that game. Um, the bills are taking on the Tennessee Titans on Monday night football. Uh, Bills are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 54 points. Uh, Bills are pretty much number one in everyone's power rankings right now. They've looked uh, dominant, um, not only on the offense, but their defense is looking good as well. 
and the Titans are last in the NFL against the pass. So um, all the Buffalo receivers are starting. I mean, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, I think are both must-starts. Would you go as far as Cole Beasley? I'm not. Uh, Cole Beasley seems to be like just losing in this, you know, in target share on this offense. Uh, Allen's looking to throw it downfield, man. He's not messing around. <laughs> well, I mean, when you have, you know, one of the best, if not the best arm yeah. in the NFL, I mean, that dude has an absolute rocket ship on his shoulder. So, yep. uh, and he just, he has, seems to have a great connection with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm fading Cole Beasley for probably the rest of the year. Yep. Yeah, you said it perfectly. With the emergence of Manuel Sanders, Cole Beasley is probably going to become irrelevant. Like all the numbers we saw last year and the beginning of this season, they're not going to be duplicated. Yeah, the other guy that's a must start for me on this team is Dawson Knox, currently the number two tight end overall on the year, right behind Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's a must. Dude's start. a touchdown machine. Yeah, he's a must start going forward until we see something different. But, um, He's he's the Bob Tunyon of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I think I I think this is something we could see, you know, going forward, like consistently year after year, potentially. So he's looked good. Um and he's he's making plays when given the opportunity. So absolute must start for me. Uh touched on the running backs a little bit earlier, Zach Moss and Singletary. Either one of those guys worth a start. Uh, I'm not necessarily a start. I'd say flex for yeah. probably Zach Moss. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to put him as you know RB one or two. Yeah, same sentiment for me. Um, on the Titans side of the ball, King Henry obviously a must start. Um, AJ Brown obviously going to play. He played last week. Another not great game, but I think you put him in there even against the Bills. I think he's a start. You know, I know some people might want to get cute and bench him. I don't think you should do that. I think you should start him, and I might have to eat crow for that. But I think you continue to start him until it's just you know until we're at the Allen Robinson point where it's just like okay, you know, enough is enough. But for me, AJ Brown's a start. Um, Julio, I think, is probably not going to play. Is what it sounded like. I'm not quite sure. I, I'm curious if you guys think that Derrick Henry is really going to have like a good game because um, the Bills are only giving up 13 points a game to running backs, which is like a super low number if you really think about it. That, that, that's a crazy low number for fantasy. I mean, you're talking about like a whole team's running back production. So like, let's just say Derrick Henry gets held with 13 points. So that means he has 60 yards and a touchdown or he has 130 yards. <laughs> which one do you think is more likely? Well, I think it's Derrick Henry, so I don't, you know. Yeah, I kind of, I'm so like I put it in there like over under 100 yards for Derrick Henry this week um cuz he's had, you know, five straight games of just I, I since week 1, he's been dominating, right? So yeah. four straight games. Um I'm going to go over um Derrick Henry even though every team puts eight in the box against him, he still dominates eight man boxes. And as good as the Bills defense has been so far, no one has like you can't compete and or combat somebody with the skill set of Derek. He's too big and he's fat. Like he he's almost the size of your defensive lineman and outruns your DBs. Like what are you supposed to do to stop him? Yeah, for me it's like whatever the number is, I'm going over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care. Um, 
So, but uh, I actually was wrong on Julio. He came back to practice today. Um, so, but it's tricky because it's a Monday night game. So, um, I would still be looking for other options because uh, if something happens in practice or if he ends up not going, you don't want to be stuck holding the bag and relying on Chester Rogers or uh, the other guy. <laughs> uh, Josh Reynolds is there. Who Josh Reynolds or who? When AJ and Hula both missed, Josh Reynolds was by far the number one option on the on the team. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, worth monitoring for sure. Um. Ryan Tannehill, you probably don't want to start this week. But I do want to get Trey's opinion. He, you know, he you opened about six yards in touchdown or 130 yards, but you never actually gave your answer. What do you think is going to happen? I think it's going to be um, under 100 yards and a touchdown or two. Okay. I mean, it's throughout the year, he's he obviously a very talented guy, but throughout the year, the beginning of these games, he's averaging like three yards a carry because he's stacked boxes. Right, and then like over the game, he's wearing down on these people, and then he finally gets those big runs and those touchdowns and whatnot. And I think that's what's going to happen this week. Is like he's not going to get any big runs, but he's going to get those touchdowns. All right, well, let's get into our starts of the week and shut this thing down. Um, let's kick it off here at the quarterback position. Tyler, who's your quarterback? So, you know me, I'm going back to Thursday night. And I'm not going Tom, Tom Brady. Big Herb just looks at Thursday night game and picks a quarterback from that <laughs> game. <laughs> hey, man, it's working. It's working, man. Um, I'm not going Tom Brady, though, is what maybe people would wow. expect. Uh, definitely going Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has shown that he is completely matchup proof. Even in games that, like, you're like, oh, he's having a bad game. But then you go to fantasy, he's like, oh, he still scored 20 points. Yeah. Um, if you know, You're quarterbacking 20 points week in and week out. That wins you leagues. It wins you games. I'm starting Jalen Hurts, and I think he has a big week. Like against bad matchups, he does well. This is a good matchup. Yeah. Tampa Bay is not a good defense uh, through the air, and um, obviously, who I mean, they have plenty of linebacking speed. So I'm not. I don't think Jalen Hurts is gonna have a great game running the ball. Uh, he might have score touchdowns though, but I think he has a big game through the air. You know, 300 plus, couple t- couple tutters, and now you're back at it. You know, 20 points game. For sure. Um, I'll give you my quarterback. Uh, I'm going Aaron Rodgers taking on the Chicago Bears. No, this isn't a homer pick. Um, I but I, you are a Packers fan. I know, but I, <laughs> I truly, but I'm not just doing it because I am a Packers fan. I, I really truly believe uh, he has a big game against the Bears. Um, in both games last year against the Bears, he threw four touchdowns in each game, um, and no picks. Um, he seems to always dice up the Bears, and they honestly, you know, this is kind of like a uh, – it's not really based on any stats, but they, they really just – they bring it when they play the Bears. Um, and, you know, I think Aaron has a little special place in his heart for the Bears to – he just loves dicing them up. So um, Bears definitely are a little bit better this year against the pass. They've only given up 300 yards once so far, but – um, they really only played one elite passing attack, and that was the Los Angeles Rams. Um, and so I think this will be a big game for Raj. I like that. My uh, quarterback pick of the week is going to be Taylor Heineke versus the Chiefs. 
Um, he's finally starting to run the ball a little bit more. And as you guys all know, I love my quarterbacks that run the ball. He's had 40 yards the last couple of weeks. Um, and he was putting up 21 points a game every week until New Orleans like shut him down. But before that, you know, it, it seemed like his floor was hovering around like 21 points. And now he's adding in his rushing game. And the Chiefs are giving up 275 yards and two touchdowns the last couple of weeks to quarterbacks. So I think Taylor Heineke's set up to have a pretty good game this week. Yep, uh, for sure. And again, Heineke was going to be one of the, we all want Heineke as a start yeah. of the week. Trey just beat us at the punch, so uh, it's definitely a fantasy football father's consensus. Trey Heineke is a must start. Oh, he has my name now. Yeah, changed names and trailer Heineke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. The rushing, you know, nice little cherry on top. He slings it around, doesn't really care. He's kind of that Brett Favre mentality, and it's going to be a high scoring game. So, I like that pick. Uh, Tyler, who's your running back? Going to Najee Harris. Uh, you already mentioned earlier he's the most targeted running back in the league. Yep. Uh, that bodes well in this game because the Seahawks are, uh, what was that, 30th Bad. in points per game. <laughs> 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 they are giving up over 30 points a game to running backs, and they are particularly bad through the air. They're giving up five catches over 50 yards a game to running backs. Yeah. This just equals a huge game for Najee. Plus, if they do, if they don't get flexed out of Sunday night, this is going to be a absolute like this is going to be like the nation un, like breakout game for Najee. Everyone's going to see oh, yeah. Najee Harris go off, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, he's amazing!" And you know, everyone's going to figure out this week what we already know. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> I mean, I you know I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was kind of seeing this type of usage. I mean, we saw it in the preseason, right? And we were like, "Holy crap!" there's not another running back worth giving the ball to on this team. And Najee is, you know, physically dominant um, and and can not only run the ball well, but also catch the ball and make plays uh, in the receiving game. So I love Najee every single week. I mean, if you can somehow trade for him in a dynasty league, do it this week, make it a priority. Uh, my running back this week is going to be James Robinson. Uh He's playing the Miami Dolphins, who are the second worst in the league against running backs. Um, really, last week he was kind of having a career day in the first half. Um, and then Urban just kind of, in my opinion, inexcusably stopped giving him the ball. Urban really took some heat for that this week. Um, so hopefully he wakes the hell up and continues to use Robinson for all four quarters. Um, if he does that... James Robinson should have a big game because he's a really good running back. He's, what, their best player on their team at this point. Um, you know, I would argue LaVisca's up there too, but um, for some reason they don't give those two guys the ball enough. According to Urban Meyer, James Robinson and LaVisca Chanel really aren't worth it. Yeah, it, well, in my opinion, James Robinson is. And, um, I mean, just watch the tape. He's he's such a good running back. Um, so, Anyways, uh, I think he has a big game as long as he gets the usage. Right on. Well, for my running back, I'm going to go with Joe Mixon versus Detroit, one of the worst run defenses in the league. Joe Mixon, this year, he just looks so much better than he has in previous years. Um, the stats don't really show it. But, yeah, he, he's just running a lot harder. And Detroit's given up, like, 24 points per game to running backs. So um, if Joe Mixon comes back off of his little hampered injury and plays this week and is good to go, he's definitely the guy that you want. But if he's out, uh, P. Ryan's not going to play. And like we talked about earlier, um, Chris Evans will be next up. So if those guys are not playing this week for the Bengals, Chris Evans is going to be the guy that 
that would take over as my start of the week, I guess you would say. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your uh, receiver, Tyler? I'm going back to Brandon Cooks. Oh, um, I'm not worried. Well. I'm not worried about what happened last week. They played the Patriots. Bill Belichick is known for taking away the opposing team's best player. Brandon Cooks is by far the best player on this Texans offense. Coming back against a poor Colts passing defense, Brandon Cooks bounces back, has a big game. Like I said, I'm starting him over Amari Cooper this week. So yeah. that that tells you how much of a believer I am in Brandon Cooks for this game. That's a call for sure. Uh, my receiver is going to be Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, maybe a little bit more obvious for people who are really into fantasy football, but I just want to make sure no one is hesitating starting Stefan or trading him away. Uh, he's uh, fourth in the league right now in air yards, which is one spot ahead of Mike Williams, who's kind of been the fantasy darling this year. Uh, he's getting 9.4 targets per game, um, and he's playing the Titans this week, who are giving up the most points to fantasy receivers so far. So um, he really just needs to get in the end zone. That's it. And he's going to put up some big games. Um, and I think this week is one of those weeks or that week where he he gets like two or three touchdowns and a bunch of yards and everyone's like, okay, Stefan's back. Yeah. He's really been there the whole year. The targets are there. The air yards are there. He just hasn't been getting in the end zone. And we've seen so much, um, you know, uh, shine from guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Dawson Knox that it's kind of, you know, uh, Stefan Diggs has almost like disappeared from the headlines. Um, I think this is a, a week where he gets back and, and he has a huge week. So do not trade Stefan Diggs away um, this week because people will probably be sending you offers. I have Diggs in our Dynasty League and I've gotten some offers for Diggs and it's he's really untouchable for me at this point. So um, unless you're going to trade me like, I don't even know. In a Dynasty League, it would have to be like Najee and maybe something else too. I don't know. We, I would have to think about that. But, yeah, Stefan Diggs, my guy this week at receiver. That's that's James coming out with a don't get cute. Like, come yeah, on. For real. Like, you, you start your stars. That's what you do. Like, don't yeah. don't worry about that. Jesus. And it was more so, like, don't trade him away, too. Like, don't even worry about Stefan Diggs. Like, he he will produce. It's just It's just a matter of getting in the end zone. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like when you see usage like that, you you have to start someone like that, especially with their ADP. It's just I feel like that's almost a no brainer. You shouldn't be getting scared at this point, especially with his targets. He's being used. Yep. But um, anyways, my wide receiver pick of the week is gonna be Devonta Smith. He's going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week, giving up twenty eight points per game to receivers so far this year. Um, things are just looking good between him and Hurts. Like their connections improving, and his stats are also improving at the same time. So I, I think it's going to be a really good game for him. I just like Devonta Smith a lot. And, I mean, by far the highest target share on the team, 28%. Um, it drops down to, like, 14 after that. And a lot of different teams' target shares are a lot more closer. Yeah. Like we were saying, you know, um, Chase and Tyler Boyd on the Bengals have similar target shares. Meanwhile, Devonta Smith as wide receiver one for them is 28. Then wide receiver two for them drops down to, like, 12. So he's definitely their guy. He's the dude. Yeah, I like him a lot this week, too. I think that's a really good pick. Uh, let's do, let's finish up here with the tight ends. Tyler, who are you taking? I'm going to Tyler Higby this week. Uh, the Giants are awful when it comes to guarding tight ends. Uh, they're giving up the six most points to tight ends so far this year. On top of that, uh, even though he's not getting a ton of targets, 
he is getting a lot of red zone looks. He has the he's third ranked third ranked tight end for red zone targets, uh, only behind Dawson Knox and Kyle Pitts in the red zone and within the ten yard line. So he's just there to score you touchdowns, and that's what you want from your tight end. How many times are you going to bring up Tyler Higby on our podcast? Dude? Uh, I know this like three times. No, I mean he's got a nice floor. <laughs> he's got a nice floor. It's an explosive offense that's you know got a dynamic passing game, and uh, I think you can count on him. You know, week in, week out. So that's 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 Irby's tight end for sure. He loves Igby. Obviously, I love Dan Arnold because I keep bringing him up. <laughs> you got to find your tight end that you can't stop talking about. Travis Kelsey. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, um, my start of the week is Mike Gesicki. Um, still not even sure if I'm saying that right uh, every year, but Gesicki sounds cooler. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's Gesicker. <laughs> All right, um, yeah, so Mike Kosicki, for me, is my start of the week this week. Uh, he's getting at least six targets, uh, or he got at least six targets in the last three games. Um, he has three games this season with double-digit average yards per reception, um, so he's getting the ball down the field. He's uh, fifth in the league right now in air yards. That's actually one spot ahead of Hawkinson, um, and Tua might be back this, this week, and uh Last but not least, the Jags have given up the six most points per game to tight ends this year. So uh, we all know Gasicki's an athletic freak at the tight end position. Um, he's my guy this week. I think he could have a big game over there in London with you know Parker out and and all that. So um, yeah, I like Gasicki. I mean, j- just keep it on how two is using him because I mean everything that we're going off of that makes us like Gasicki is from Brissett at quarterback. So I'm really curious what two was going to do. But my tight end pick is Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, he's going up against Kansas City. Like I said, Taylor Heineke was my quarterback of the week. Ricky Seals-Jones plays for the Washington football team. He's my tight end of the week. He basically took over Logan Thomas's role after his injury. We were talking about it earlier. Logan Thomas has played 100% of the snaps before he got injured. Ricky Seals-Jones comes in, basically plays 100% of the snaps, 99%. He gets eight targets. <clears throat> Excuse me, eight targets, five catches, like 40 yards, nothing too crazy, but really it's the eight targets you want to see. Eight targets and a 99% snap share. So I feel like he's going to have a good week, and um, he's still widely available. Like Last time I checked, it was like rostered around 10% or something like that. Yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones I think is an automatic start this week for me as well. That's kind of who I was wanting to pick, but then I realized you took all the guys I wanted to pick. Uh <laughs> Oh, well, why don't you keep going there and give us Stinky's defense of the week? Oh, man. Obviously, we talk about it every week. You're going to start whoever's playing against Jacksonville. This week, we got Miami Dolphins playing against Jacksonville. The Dolphins' defense is supposed to be better than it has been playing. Um, they have not been producing very well. The only reason I even want to start Miami's, Dolph- the, Miami's defense against the Jacksonville Jaguars is because it's the Jaguars. I'll be honest. That's really the only reason why. Moving on past like the the kind of obvious choice from the Jaguars, I really like uh, the Vikings' defense against the Panthers this week. We touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, Sam Darnold's been getting sacked a lot lately, and the Vikings are one of the best pass rushing teams in the league. They um, and and Sam Darnold's also been throwing a lot of interceptions lately, turning the ball over. So I I just think this uh, game is a good opportunity for the Vikings to get. A decent amount of points, get some turnovers, get some sacks, which is really what's getting you fantasy points. You're not really going off of how many points they allow. So I like the Vikings defense the most this week. 
Alrighty, well that'll finish it up here for us. Uh, good luck to everyone this weekend in your matchups. Uh, we wish you the best. Uh, hopefully we can get some wins as well. Um, make sure you give us a follow, a like at the FF Fathers on Twitter, um, and show some love. Uh, make sure you also join us next Tuesday for a waiver wire show. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Have a good weekend. Yeah, folks, we're about six weeks in, and I'll be honest, if you've been listening, we've been pretty right about a lot of things. <laughs> I just got to say it, man. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Toot, toot. <laughs> <laughs>